I want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to the show. It's freezing. Yeah, wherever you are, it's probably cold. It's November. Thank you once again for joining us here. This year has flown by. It is almost over. It is insane. But I want to thank you guys for all your support as we've gone through. Thank you for last week as well. I was not here. Uh, sometimes the week gets away from me a little bit. Next thing you know, you're like, what day is it? Oh, it's it's Saturday. Sometimes you turn around and you go, what month is it? Oh, it's the end of the year. And that's what's been happening. Chug, chug, chug going forward. But I appreciate you guys finding me, whether it's on any streaming service, like, subscribe, all the stuff they tell you to do. Find me on HiPodImDad.com. We're all over the place. I appreciate your support. We have just passed four years of this podcast. Four years of this podcast. How crazy is that? So... Uh, all your support as we've gone, I appreciate it. Go through the archives as well. If you want to hear really the full story on what highblogomdad.com is and what highpodomdad.com is or who I am, you could find them right there in the archives of this show. In fact, the very first episode, I talk about the inspiration behind High Blog, which I've talked about before. It plays into the whole autism appreciation idea and really the inspiration behind highblogomdad.com comes down to my surgery, my heart surgery, which were just about 11 years pretty soon uh, approaching the anniversary date of. And when I, I think about it, one of the things that kind of blows me away is we still get these exciting little memories on social media, Facebook or whatever, and they'll tell you, but hey, this is what you were doing five years ago. This is what you were doing 10 years ago. So Facebook tells me when moments are approaching and I get to see old things I posted and old things that I have on there because believe it or not, I've been on Facebook since 2007, which kind of still surprises me. I thought it was later than that. And I'm able to look back and see the start of Hurricane Sandy, which was really the the road to to the heart surgery, which was the road to autism acceptance and appreciation. Uh, as you guys know, 2012, Long Island was bombarded by a hurricane that knocked power out of my house for over 10 days. It was crazy. Stayed there, watched the house, lived in the freezing cold, dealt with it. And then right after that was over, within about a week or two, I had a heart attack, which then led to heart surgery, which was a quintuple bypass. It was a surprise. No one knew it was coming. Being in the hospital, dealing with that, missing my kids and missing my son who up until then had really been a source of frustration, fear, anxiety for me. I didn't know who he was going to be, and I didn't know what was happening. A lot of parents in my position feel the same way. You don't know what's happening. You can't answer questions, which was always one of the biggest 
uh, concerns with taking my son out. I know a lot of times people think back on when a parent is struggling with their child's uh, autism or diagnosis or emerging delays or special needs, whatever it is, and people make an assumption that it's out of shame. And look, man, I don't know. I can't speak for every single parent. Um, Even for myself, I can honestly tell you it was never shame. Never was. Um, I felt bad for my son. I felt bad for the things that he struggled to do and the things that he couldn't do yet. But for me, the reason I didn't like to bring him around people was I couldn't answer their questions. And everybody's got a freaking question when your kid is not doing things. They want to know everything. Why does, why does he do that? Why is he clapping like that? I don't know. Does he, what, what, does he like school? Does he talk to his teachers? I don't know. Does he have any friends that he likes? I don't know. Does he know it's his birthday? Is he know Santa's coming? And they ask you every freaking question. And you just want to grab them and be like, I don't know. And as a parent, there's no worse feeling than not knowing things about your kid. You feel like a failure. You feel bad. You feel like you're not bonding with your child. You feel like you're not there for them. And that's how I felt. And it killed me. So I dealt with that. But when I got out of the hospital, I just wanted to see him. All the things that used to kind of, I don't know how to put it. it it's, it's difficult to find the right word for it because it's not cringe. It's not, um, you know, sh- uh, shudder. It's none of those things. But all the little movements and mannerisms that he used to do that used to cause me anxiety because I didn't know why they were happening or how to explain them, I missed them. Suddenly I missed his clapping. I missed his random laughing. I missed these things that I couldn't really put my finger on before. And once I was able to do that, once I was able to accept that these mannerisms were his and they weren't red flags, that's another big thing too, man. Every single thing that your child does at that age is a red flag. You think, well, this is what he's not supposed to, quote unquote, be doing. So when your child is stimming or your child is making a noise or acting out or yelling, rather than looking at it like, oh, this is what my kid does. That's cute. Look what he's doing. Are you happy? You're in a good mood? Instead of doing that, we're like holding their hands. Stop. No, no. Hey, no clapping. Hey, gotta be quiet. No, no, no. And you're trying to lead the conversation. You're trying to change your kid. And I've been doing that. But being away from it and being in that position where I thought I was going to lose it because make no mistake, I had a quintuple bypass, a surgery I didn't even know existed before having it. It's insane. I remember as a kid watching TV shows that dealt with heart surgery. There was a famous Too Close for Comfort. I talk about it all the time where Ted Knight goes into the hospital because he thought he had a heart attack. And they spend the entire episode reminiscing about him as if he's going to die. He's definitely going to die. And when he comes out, it turns out it was just a little gas. Mm, like it, was, it wasn't a real heart surgery. But even the most basic of heart surgeries was sending a family to sit there and go over memories of him as if he was almost definitely dead. And here I am getting a surgery that is leap years beyond what other people deal with, right? And that's where I was. And that's what I was facing. But for me, all I wanted was to come back to my life, a life that I was almost positive I was about to lose when I was in the hospital. I really definitely thought... There was going to be some sort of alteration in how I went forward. And amazingly, nothing changed for me in a negative way. If anything, it was all positive. It was all pushing myself forward, appreciating what I had, learning to, you know, be content, be happy, eliminating issues in my life that were causing me pain and anguish. 
one of the things with me dealing with this surgery was that it was hereditary. You know, I was told by everybody I spoke to in the hospital, the amount of blockage that I had was beyond anything I could have done on my own. On top of it, I wasn't, you know, morbidly obese. I wasn't, you know, living this lifestyle where I never moved. I could move more. I could eat better, all that stuff, obviously. But it wasn't to the point where I should have been having a quintuple bypass in my mid-30s. So for me, the thing that I wanted to take care of was stress, was, you know, worry. And that was what I set forth to eliminate. And I did. And it was natural to be able to do it because a lot of the things that I was worried about, a lot of the things that caused me anxiety were things that I started to realize I had not only no control over, but I didn't even know if they were going to be things to worry about. Does that make any sense to you? Like, here I was my whole life worrying about things like my son's special needs and, and different things, man. You, when we start driving, you worry about car accidents. When you, this happens, you worry that this is going to All these things that you would worry about in your life that never happen. We worry about things every day that never happen. And here I am in the hospital for a heart surgery that was never even on my radar, never even a concern. Nobody ever said to me when I was a kid, you're probably going to have to have major heart surgery in your 30s. No one said it. And here I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be what kills me now. Right now, this is going to be what kills me. And I didn't even expect it. And once I was able to kind of realize that, see that, I said to myself, like, what am I doing? And when it came to my son and his special needs and his emerging autism and being nonverbal, I didn't know what that looked like. I had no idea. I knew that it was bad. And the reason why I knew it was bad was because everyone told me it was going to be bad. When you have a baby, everyone tells you how to avoid having a child with autism. Everyone tells you about the, quote, warning signs. They even give bad language to the idea of it. You know, the warning signs, the red flags, things to look out for. You know, people would ask you questions about breastfeeding and do you do this and did you do that? And what might have caused it? And did you get vaccinations? And all these questions as if you did something wrong. Why? Because according to those people, autism was a terrible thing. And here I was with a child who appeared to be on the verge of having autism, growing into a world where he had autism. So even though I didn't know what that was going to be or what that was going to look like or who he was going to turn it into, I just knew it was bad because everyone told me it was going to be bad. And I was able to let that go. And I was able to say, you know what? Let's just see how it plays out. And I got news for you, man. It is now 11 years later. And I've seen, at least up until now, how it has played out. And there have been challenges and it has been difficult and there have been struggles in his life that that kid is going to deal with for the rest of his life that I still, you know, I have guilt for. And I have this feeling of needing to help him get past them. I want to do that for him. But in terms of who he is and what he's turned into, it is nothing like the negative that I believed it was going to be. In fact, he's a wonderful kid. And that's why I do this blog. And that's why I started writing this, because I want to preach the idea of autism appreciation, which is not you know, a made up thing. It is not something that I'm trying to convince myself or convince you know, everybody else. I want the world to know because nobody really discusses it. There are parts of this boy that are because of autism that make him an amazing human being, unlike anybody else I've ever known. You know, would life be easier for him if he could talk? Sure. Would things be easier if we had a better understanding of certain things, if he had certain life skills, if there were things he could do on his own that I didn't have to help out with? 
Yeah. But as far as being a person, are there things that are missing from his personality that are negative that we all have? Yeah. My son, I've said it before, doesn't have an ego. He's not arrogant. Doesn't lie. He doesn't try to be sneaky. I mean, he does be sneaky in a cute way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if he wants a cookie, he'll try to grab it. But he doesn't, I don't know, man. I think we've all dealt with people who have really been, you know, duplicitous in our own life. People who say one thing and do another. My son is not like that. My son is really straightforward. His needs, his wants, and his emotions are on the table. You know how he feels. If he's upset, he cries. If he's happy, he laughs. That's who Lucas is. And that to me is autism appreciation. And that's something that I discovered because of what I went through. And that is something that really, it took one of the most difficult hardships I could have ever faced in my life, this major quintuple bypass surgery to make me see that. And you talk about a silver lining, my life is all silver linings, whether it's autism, heart surgery, whatever. I'm happy because of it. And that's that. So hopefully you guys can listen to this. Hopefully you guys hear what I have to say. And hopefully you can apply this to your own life a little bit as well. I've always said before, I'm not here to tell you how to live. I can't give you a guide. I can't give you a blueprint. I have my life. You have yours. What I can do is tell you what my life is. And hopefully you can listen. Hopefully you can grab some things from it. And hopefully you can apply it to your own day to day. Um, And if we're able to do that, you know, then I've been successful. And I appreciate it. Guys, thank you once again for listening to the podcast. I will be back next week. I will back next week, Monday, Wednesday, new blogs. They're up on the site now. If you get a chance to check out from this past week, I wrote about not taking Lucas trick or treating on Wednesday. It was a little rough, but I still did it. Um, you know, he's getting older, talking about dealing with a kid who's, who's maturing, even though he can't tell me, hey, I'm getting older. I don't go trick or treating anymore. But you know, you gotta kind of make that judgment call on your own. And then the idea of, I tried to be the perfect dad and here's what my son with autism taught me. Um, the whole idea of, of learning how to relate to my boy and learning how to make him laugh. And that's how you become a perfect dad is by getting to know your kid, regardless whether they're on the spectrum or off. And that's what I did. Guys, I'm gone. I'll see you next Friday. Until next time, James Gutman, be well. Bye, pod. I'm dad.